are listening to the Mystical City of God in One Year podcast. We are reading from Volume 1, The Conception. I'm Father Edward Looney, the reader and commentator, as we continue to make our way through this biography of the Blessed Virgin Mary, written by Venerable Maria of Agreda. Today, we begin Book 1. In the past few days, we have been reading from the introduction. Book 1 treats of the divine foreordainment of Christ and his mother as the highest ideals of all creation, of the creation of the angels and men as their servants, of the lineage of the just men, finally resulting in the Immaculate Conception and birth of the Queen of Heaven and of her life up to her presentation in the temple. Today, day four, we are reading from chapter one, paragraphs one through seven. Chapter one, concerning two special visions vouchsafed to my soul by the Lord, and concerning other enlightenments and mysteries, which compelled me to withdraw from earthly things and raised my spirit to dwell above the earth. I confess to thee, and magnify thee, King Most High, that in thy exalted majesty thou hast hidden these high mysteries from the wise and from the teachers, and in thy condescension hast revealed them to me, the most insignificant and useless slave of the church, in order that thou mayest be the more admired as the omnipotent author of this history in proportion as its instrument is despicable and weak. After I had overcome the above-mentioned reluctance and disorderly fears, which caused so much timid hesitation, lest I suffer shipwreck in that sea of marvels, the most exalted Lord caused me to feel a virtue from on high, strong, sweet, efficacious, and gentle, an enlightenment which illumined the intellect, subjected the rebellious will, tranquilizing, directing, governing, and attracting the whole range of interior and exterior senses, thus subjecting my entire being to the will and pleasure of the Most High, and directing it in all things toward this honor and glory alone. Being thus prepared, I heard a voice from the Almighty which called me and raised me up toward him, exalting my dwelling place on high, and strengthening me against the lions that hungrily roared about me in order to snatch my soul from the enjoyment of great blessings in the boundless mysteries of this holy tabernacle and city of God. Surrounded by the sorrows of death and perdition, and beset by the flames of Sodom and Babylon in which we live, it liberated me from the portals of sorrow, into which I was enticed to enter. My enemies, forming visions of fallacious and deceitful delights for the misleading of my senses and the capture of them by pretended pleasures, set their allurements about me, in order that I might blindly turn these flames and be consumed by them. But from all these snares laid for my footsteps, the Most High has delivered me, elevating my spirit and teaching me by the most efficacious admonitions, the way of perfection. He invited me to a life spiritualized and angelic and obliged me to live so cautiously 
Then the midst of the furnace, the fire touched me not. He often liberated me from the impure tongue, when it sought to communicate to me its earthly fables. His majesty invited me to rise from the dust and littleness of the law of sin, to resist the defections of sin-infected nature and restrain its disorders, combating them by his enlightening inspirations and raising myself above myself. He called me repeatedly, sometimes by the power of his omnipotence, sometimes with the correction of a father, and at others with the love of a spouse, saying, Arise, my dove, creation of my hands, make haste and come to me, who am the light and the way. He that follows me walks not in darkness. Come to me, who am the secure truth and unchangeable holiness, to me who am the powerful and the wise, and the teacher of those that follow wisdom. These words were like arrows of sweet love, which filled me with admiration, reverence, knowledge, and dread of my sins and of my vileness, so that I retired from his presence, shrunken and annihilated in the knowledge of my nothingness. And the Lord spoke to me, Come, O soul, come to me, who am thy omnipotent God. And although thou hast been a prodigal child and a sinner, arise from the earth and come to me, thy father. Receive the stole of my friendship and the ring of a spouse. Still remaining in that secure retreat of which I have spoken, I saw on a certain day six angels whom the Almighty had appointed to assist and guide me in this undertaking and in other dangers. Coming toward me, they purified and prepared my soul, and then presented me before the Lord. His majesty gave to my interior being a new light, and, as it were, a participation in glory, by which I was made capable and desirous of seeing and understanding the things which are above the powers of a mere terrestrial creature. Soon after, two other angels, of a still higher order, appeared to me, and I felt within me the power of the Lord, by which they called me. I understood that they were most mysterious envoys, and that they wished to reveal to me high and hidden sacraments. Eagerly I responded, and desirous of enjoying the blessing which they pointed out to me, I declared to them how ardently I longed to see what they wished to show me, and yet so mysteriously concealed from me. Then they at once answered with great serenity, Restrain thyself, O soul. I turned to the great princes of heaven and said, Princes of the Almighty and messengers of the great King, why do you now detain me contrary to my will? And why do you defer my joy and my delight after you have called me? What force is this of yours, and what power which calls me, fills me with fervor, which allures and yet detains me, which attracts me to follow after the order of my beloved Lord, and of his ointments, and yet restrains me with strong bonds? Tell me the cause of all this. They answered, Because in order to be instructed in all these mysteries, thou must needs, O soul, come with bare feet, and despoiled of all thy desires and passions. For these mysteries do not accommodate or lend themselves to disordered inclinations. 
Take off thy shoes like Moses. For such was the command given to him before he could see the wonderful bush. Princes of heaven and my lords, I answered. Much was asked of Moses when he received the command to perform the works of an angel, while yet living in mortal flesh. But he was a saint, and I am but a sinner, full of miseries. My heart is disturbed, and I am in conflict with the slavery and the oppression of sin, which I feel in my members, and which are opposed to the law of the Spirit. To which they rejoined, Soul, it would indeed be for thee a most difficult enterprise if thou hast to execute it merely with thy power. But the Most High, who wishes to see in thee this disposition, is powerful, and he will not deny to thee his help, if from thy heart thou ask his assistance, and thou prepare thyself to receive it. And his power which caused the bush to burn, and at the same time prevented it from being consumed, can prevent also the fire of the passions, which encompass and beset the soul from consuming it, if it is truly the desires to be saved. His majesty asks for that which he desires, and can execute what he asks. Strengthened by him thou canst do that which he commands. Take off thy shoes and weep in bitter sorrow. Call out to him from the bottom of thy heart, in order that thy prayers may be heard and thy desires fulfilled. Presently I saw a most precious veil covering a treasure, and my heart burned with desire to see it raised, and to look upon the sacred mystery which I understood was hidden beneath. My desire was answered in the following manner. Obey, O soul, in what was enjoined and commanded thee. Despoil thyself of thyself, and then this mystery will be revealed to thee. I resolved to amend my life and to overcome my appetite. I sighed and wept with many aspirations for my inmost soul for the manifestation of this blessing. While I made my good resolves, the veil which covered the treasure began to be lifted. Presently the veil fell entirely, and my interior eyes saw what I shall not know how to describe in words. I saw a great and mysterious sign in heaven. I saw a woman a most beautiful lady and queen, crowned with the stars, clothed with the sun, and the moon was at her feet. The holy angels spoke to me. This is that blessed woman whom St. John saw in the Apocalypse, and whom are enclosed, deposited, and sealed up the wonderful mysteries of the redemption. So much has the Most High and powerful God favored this creature, that we, his angelic spirits, are full of astonishment. Contemplate and admire her prerogatives. Record them in writing, because that is the purpose for which, according to the measure suitable to thy circumstance, they will be made manifest to thee. I was made to see such wonders, that the greatness of them took away my speech, and my admiration of them suspended my other faculties. Nor do I think that all the created beings in this mortal life will ever comprehend them as will appear in the sequel of my discourse. On another day, while my soul sweetly tarried in the aforesaid habitation, I heard a voice from the Most High saying, My spouse, I desire that thou rouse thyself in earnest to seek me, and to love me with fervor, that thou make thy life more angelic than human, 
and that thou forget entirely the terrestrial affairs. I wish to raise thee as one that is poor from the dust, and as one full of need from the dunghill, so that while I exalt thee, thou mayest humiliate thyself, and the nard of thy sweet odor may remain in my presence, knowing thy own misery. Be thou convinced from the bottom of thy heart that thou meritest for thyself only tribulation and humiliation. Consider my greatness and thy littleness. Remember that I am just and holy. I deal with thee considerately, making use rather of my mercy and not chastising thee as thou deservest. Strive to build upon this foundation of humility all the other virtues in order to fulfill my wishes. I appoint my virgin mother to teach, correct, and reprehend thee. She will spur thee onward and accompany thy footsteps according to my liking and pleasure. While the Most High spoke to me, the queen stood nearby, and the heavenly princess disdained not to accept the office which his majesty assigned to her. She accepted it benignly and said to me, My daughter, I desire that thou be my disciple and my companion, and I will be thy teacher. But remember that thou must obey me courageously, and from this day on no vestige of a daughter of Adam must be found in thee. My conduct and my works during my pilgrimage on earth and the wonders which the arm of the Almighty wrought through me shall be the mirror and the model of thy life. I prostrate myself before the throne of the King and Queen of the universe, and I offer to obey her in all things. I gave thanks to the Highest for the favor which he, so much in excess of my merits, conferred upon me in giving me such a guide and protectress. Into her hands I renewed the vows of my profession. I offered myself to her and proposed to work anew at the amendment of my life. Again the Lord spoke to me, Behold and see. Turning, I saw a most beautiful ladder with many rungs. Around it were many angels, and a great number of them were ascending and descending upon it. His majesty said to me, This is the mysterious ladder of Jacob, the house of God, and the portal of heaven. If thou wilt earnestly strive to live irreprehensible in my eyes, thou wilt ascend upon it to me. This was paragraphs 1 through 7 of chapter 1 of volume 1 of The Mystical City of God by Venerable Maria of Agreda. Today, as we heard in The Mystical City of God in our reading, we heard how Maria of Agreda is being told that she has to change her life. She speaks about how she was given this knowledge of her sins. These words were like arrow of sweet love, which filled me with admiration, reverence, knowledge, and dread of my sins and of my vileness. So she has this awareness of her sinfulness. Of course, we come to an awareness of our own sinfulness through an examination of conscience, through spiritual reading, by reflecting on the Word of God, by encountering spiritual books like the mystical city of God. We learn and identify ways in which we lack that virtue of how we should be living our life. When she was speaking about Moses, she said, He was a saint, and I am but a sinner full of miseries. We know that Moses had some shortcomings himself, 
that he participated in the murder of an individual, for example. But then God used him. He changed his life. He repented. And so for Maria of Agreda, she says, I am but a sinner full of miseries. She is aware of these things. She says, I resolve to amend my life and to overcome my appetite. And so today, like Maria of Agreda, we are being invited in the same way. That as we continue to progress to the kingdom of heaven along this path of our life, that we amend our life, just as we say in every confession, that I will go and I will try to amend my life and sin no more. And so that's what we do, aware of our sinfulness. We want to be holy. We want to be without sin. And so we confess our sins. We receive God's mercy. We want to move on. The Most High told Maria of Agreda, Strive to build upon this foundation of humility all the other virtues in order to fulfill my wishes. So grow in virtue. It begins with humility. That humility of us saying, I am a sinner, just like Maria of Agreda said. I am a sinner and I need God's mercy. And now I look to Mary. And for Maria of Agreda, she becomes, as Mary says, my daughter, I desire that thou be my disciple and my companion. Well, we are sons and daughters of the Blessed Virgin. We are disciples of Mary, just as we are disciples of Jesus. So let us look to the example of Mary's life. And in her, let us see what it means to live a life of virtue. Let us allow her to teach us and to exemplify these things for us. Maybe just one last thing. We heard a little reflection on the burning bush and just a little teaching moment about the mother of God is that the burning bush has often been used as an image of Mary, just as the bush was burning but was unconsumed by the fire. Well, Mary, as perpetual virgin, she remains a virgin after as before, and so her perpetual virginity is seen as a burning bush. As we continue to make our way through the mystical city of God, we are going to learn so much about the Blessed Virgin Mary. We are going to apply what Maria of Agreda saw and what she wrote. We're applying it to our life and seeing how it can help us be better followers of Jesus. You have been listening to the mystical city of God in one year, and we continue our reading tomorrow. I hope you'll join me then.